Welcome to our ongoing series sponsored by Catholic Church Reform International. I'm your moderator, Rini Reed. Our guests today are Martha and Gert Heiser. They had a promotion in Austria of something I'm going to let them pronounce because I'm unable to, but basically means uh, a pronouncement of what the people in the church really want. They put this out in 1996, which gathered well over 500,000 signatures just from the tiny little country of Austria alone. And that led to the start of We Are Church International. But since 2014, Martha has been vice chair of We Are Church Austria, and for many years was the chair of We Are Church International. Gert has a university degree in theology and Martha in pedagogics and psychology. They've both been working for more than 50 years as professionals and volunteers in the Catholic Church. It's so good to have you both. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> the two of you were in the news worldwide back in 2014 when you were excommunicated from the church. Tell us the circumstances that led to that. Uh, well, <clears throat> we have this uh, gorgeous and glorious prayer circle in which we often celebrated the Holy Mass together with a priest. And when he fell sick and eventually died, uh, we prayed without uh, Mass. And then somebody came up and asked, hey, why don't we... Why don't we continue with this uh, Eucharist thing? And that led us to the fact that we believe that we all are priests. And then we started to celebrate the Eucharist without a priest. In our small uh, prayer circle at home. So it was kind of a niche. Uh, some people would know, even the bishop of that time, but nothing happened. Something did happen, in fact, when we went public with this mass celebrating. We were asked whether we would allow the National TV uh, Broadcasting Corporation to take pictures and film us, and we said yes, do. We celebrated mass, they were there, the the whole TV team, and it went on air. And it caused a ruffle of feathers and a sensation and an outcry among the, the hierarchy. No, 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 no. Uh, not the, the, the broadcasting. Um, that was quite quiet, I think, I remember. Uh, the, the big, um, tremendous... Um, what was this um, upheaval? Yeah, uh, started when when we were excommunicated in in 2014. Well, I, I just wanted to hint at the fact that uh, the bishop and the the ones up the hierarchy were of course uh, aghast and shocked, whereas the people we would talk normal people, believers, the so to speak, the flock were quite normal. They said, yes, okay, you are doing that. Oh, oh fine, yes, yeah, 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 why not? And eventually 
when we went public with, with all this thing, then the bishop approached us and particularly Marta and said that he had something to do about us. And that eventually led to our excommunication, which was an experience, the procedure that the church went along was an experience of the third kind, so to speak. Indeed. We were absolutely <clears throat> without any, any help, any, any right. We just sat there, victims of the, the, the canon law. We at CCRI wrote to the Bishop of Innsbruck, standing in solidarity with you. And I will say that he did take the time to respond to us, wrote us a letter back, and he said, he said very simply, given church law, I had no choice. This is what I had to do. So mm -hmm. he almost acted like he was a, a victim of the, you know, of the, of the circumstances of the church and that he was just compelled to do this. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, has your life changed at all since no. this all happened? No, it didn't change. Uh, we we still attend uh, the mass in our parish sometimes. We still receive the com uh, holy communion. Yeah, nobody refuses it to us. I sing in two choirs. In the church. In the church, yes, and we just do not care, and we show them that the hierarchs. Um, we also tell them they were a bit of shocked, I think, that we took it so easily. And, but it is so, you know. Uh, what can the church do about us? I think I remember your saying, we are the church. We, we can't be kicked out of this. We are a, a part of this church. And we pay our full taxes, which still goes to the church. So as far as we are concerned, we are still members of this church. I was yeah, so proud of you. We are members of the church. They cannot kick us out. Even the excommunication doesn't, uh, because excommunication is a, a, a severe the sanction. Se the severest form of punishment. Punishment. The church has. But they, we are baptized. They cannot kick us, kick us out. So we are members officially. We are members of the church. So. Mm -hmm. So, given this background, I know that uh, a, a considerable part of your focus right now is changing the theology of priesthood. <clears throat> Why must it be all men? Why must it be uh, a separate sacrament from baptism, one of ordination? Why not the sacrament of baptism be adequate? After all, the early church didn't have ordained men leading their gatherings. It was just doing this in remembrance of him as he asked us to do. So where are you with that? And talk about the people that you have an interaction with. What is their support or reaction to this position? Um, on last uh, Saturday, we had our uh, Kirchenvolks conference from Austria, the four reform groups uh, for the uh, Catholic Church in Austria, priest initiative, lay initiative, 
uh, married priests and uh, we are church. And uh, we saw that uh, the respond, response to our uh, actions, celebrating our word. Yeah, uh, our ideas about um, mm -hmm. uh, theology of priesthood, uh, they join us. They all say it is ridiculous. Nobody yeah. believes in a, in in a uh, sense of bundling. Change of essence. Transubstantiation uh, is the fancy word that's yeah. been put to it. It is not the transubstantiation of the bread, but the transubstantiation of a human being, man, of a male male being. It is if you. If you, if uh, the bishop lays hands and oin, uh, puts ointment on um, this uh, candidate, uh, two things happen. He is allowed, this young man is allowed to administer the holy sacraments. And secondly, it makes him kind of divine, Jesus-like like Jesus. And this is what we call a, a change of, of essence. He's not a normal human being any, any longer, which he is, remains, but he is uh, lifted, made, made kind of godlike, which I personally call the second fall of mankind. Like Adam and Eve, who wanted to be like God, tried it and with catastrophic results. And this is more or less the same. And, and mind you, this is officially official theology. You can read that in all documents. Priests become, an, in, in, in Latin, an alter Christus, a second Christ. So that he can, he can speak on the altar the words of Christ. This is my body, this is my blood. And therefore he needs to be a second Christ. And that's just ridiculous. And the very thing you're describing is the problem of clericalism that Pope Francis is so down on. Yeah. This is what brought mm -hmm. the whole clericalism yeah. to its height. Yeah. yeah. So why do we need that super-relevation, the self-canonization it is? So uh, for, for changing the, the bread and wine, we ask the Holy Spirit to change it. And the Holy Spirit does, what, whatever it is. But uh, it's the Holy Spirit and not the, that guy on the altar. So why must he be a second Christ? And then, therefore, he must be a man. Then the suspicion, uh, sorry, the suspicion, suspicion arises that also power is involved. Very stuff we never talked about, but it may be, it may be. What the two of you have been excommunicated for is just evolving naturally in many, many places of the world. I attended a meeting in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and as it happened, we had no priest who was present. 
But in the morning, when it was time for some kind of prayer service, a young girl in her early 20s led us through the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And everybody just responded. Nobody talked about what really happened here. It just was a remembrance. I myself am in a small Christian community. And we happened to have, in our first five years, uh, an overabundance of priests. Mm -hmm. But they were all married priests, priests mm -hmm. who had been ordained, left the priesthood, are there now with their wives, and they often performed the, the or presided over the mm -hmm. celebration for us. Um, currently, we have a actually an active, retired, ordained priest who uh, is with us. But one time, we didn't have anybody. It just no one was there. And we went ahead and celebrated the Eucharist. Again, nobody said, what happened here? Was this symbolic or was this real? Or We just remembered Jesus through the breaking of the bread. So I think you have... In memory of me, yeah? Yes, that, yes. That we just respond to that wish, to that desire of Jesus, do that in, in memory of me. And, and we respond. And uh, Jesus didn't say... Uh, do it only, please, if an ordained priest is present. <laughs> he didn't say that. Well, and it, it's a, a question of words. Uh, if uh, they told us um, in the process of excommunication, why didn't you uh, choose another word for that? Everything would be okay if you just uh, have another name for it. So, yes. So much of, of our audience is are people who are looking for alternate ways to live their faith. They've either felt kicked out of the church or they feel they can no longer identify with the, the morality and the rules of the church. Uh, young people have, have no, seem to have no relationship to it whatsoever. So, so much of what we're doing in this, in this program is looking for people, looking for offering people alternative ways to just be a presence of Christ in today's world. And what you're offering them is gather together, do what you need to do. Remember Jesus. That's all that you're, that I hear you proposing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and don't stop it and uh, let nobody stop you. Just do it. Maybe, uh, you have to uh, to follow the, the don't tell, don't ask, don't tell. But but if you tell, yeah, it's better for for the people. If we know that many people of of uh, Jesus, uh, people of God, do it, but it's not not really necessary. If you don't dare to tell, don't tell. One of our guests on this show was Father Joseph Healy from Nairobi, mm -hmm. and he was his topic and his passion is about forming small Christian communities. Yeah. And someone asked the question, but what if there is no priest? And he said, no priest? It will probably be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This leads to a rather sinister aspect that goes with this uh, alter Christus business. 
making a main kind of second-rate, not first-rate Christs. That they are so so they are second second Christs, and then they go and abuse children or nuns or other young men. How can that be? It the this system just doesn't work. Or plainly, this theology of uh, making somebody divine, godlike, this doesn't work and has not worked throughout the centuries. And I deplore the fact that uh, the, the thousands and hundreds of thousands of victims of uh, priestly um, negligence and abuse of power have never been spoken of. Now is the time that they must be spoken of. And now is the time that consequences are drawn and that consequences must be must bring about change of the whole system. I know the two of you have several goals of what you hope to achieve in your as you continue your work in We Are Church and in your own personal lives. One of them is that you stand for the fact that through baptism, you want to see the people empowered. And by that, you mean the fundamental rights of the Catholic Church, of both clerics and of the people, of the non-clerics. We both share equally in the decision-making of our church. True. Mm -hmm. is it, is, are we making any headway in that whatsoever? Headway. Are we moving forward with it? Is it? Is it? Are you seeing any signs of this starting to break through? Yeah. Uh, uh, at our last meeting in Warsaw, that ICRN meeting, we um, finally uh, decided to to print the Charter of Fundamental Rights in the Church. That are 15 points, and we. We printed it already and we uh, distributed it in Austria about uh, 2,000 times. And um, many people say it's very, very, it's high time to, to get this. Um, the, the official church has no constitution. So nobody in the church has um, fundamental rights. The, the human rights declaration is not um, not uh, signed approved. by the, approved. Uh, approved by the Vatican and the, the Vatican cannot because he he doesn't allow uh, anybody everybody to to choose their own family status and so and and the discrimination of women are against it but they had to, and, there, uh, and the charter and the 15 points of the charter are just a, a, an appeal to the church hierarchy to finally make the efforts to constitute a, 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 a constitution. We need that. Uh, the misused nuns, abused nuns, they had no right to whom could they go if if we were uh, charged by by the church order uh, 
angeklagt. When we were accused by accused, the church. Accused by the church. Um, of. We were um, uh, angehört. Also, uh, you were, there, were, there was a hearing. Yeah, by the church. There was a judgment by the church. There was no defending. And, and, and the hearing, for example, we didn't get even the protocol, protocol the no. protocol from the hearing. They do not want to give it to us. That's all. So we need, we definitely need the um, constitution and the constitution and, and and the separation of the of rights for legislative and executive and judicative powers uh, it's very very uh, need, need we need it very very much so and and the people are whenever we speak about that people say it. um, it's not their first problem if they are not involved in a process or so but they know that it is very important to have to have a, a written law about our rights. We have we too, sorry. We too at CCRI have publicized, promoted, and sent out in our newsletter the fifteen points that um, that you all came up with. And I think that we just can't stop doing it. We have yeah. to keep getting the word out. Yeah. I know one of the other important things to you is that women be, that responsibilities be given to women uh, in all areas of ministry of the church. It looks like there is a tiny movement, tiny, thanks mm -hmm. to Voices of the Faithful, mm -hmm. thanks to ICRN, thanks to We Are Church International. We're all pushing for it. And I think, I think that they can't ignore us anymore. They can, <laughs> I'm sure they can, but they, bringen sich selber um, they kill themselves if they do not hear us. Oh, sorry. So. Are you still here? Yes, yes. I know that what one of your other um, hopes desires, things that you're pushing for, is that you'd like to see the preaching of the gospel, as you put it, reached out to people who care and not to scare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. much of the church has been the thou shalt nots and the finger wagging, and that's what the young people have completely walked away from. How do we, how do we keep moving that forward? I, I know that, that uh, Future Church is having so many women preach the gospel through their own programs. Mm -hmm. I think that's making a difference. What else can we do? It is outright disobedience that we do not any longer abide by um, laws which are against democracy, against um, human rights, and which can be used by the church to exert arbitrary decisions and also careless uh, decisions on us, on our, on our lives. If we, if they, the hierarchs or the church leaders do not listen to us, we tell them we won't listen to you. And uh, the sad thing is that they strongly believe, never talk about, that they 
do not need us because they are second Christ and Jesus Christ doesn't need human beings. It is the other way around. And which is uh, absolutely wrong to believe that. What is uh, a priest, for instance, or a parish priest, if he loses his flock, what is he good for? Or what does a, what is the, the, the sense of being a bishop if the diocese says, no, we don't want you. And they need us more than we need them. This is- Absolutely. They must be, they must feel it. They must feel it. One must talk about that. And if a priest talks nonsense, it is our pride and duty to tell them, sorry, priest, this is nonsense. Justify yourself. I know that Helmut Schuler was with you in the Warsaw Poland meeting that you were just at last, last a couple of months ago. I understand that he is announcing to his flock that, that he will be retiring in the next year or two. And he said there will be no priest to replace him. So he is organizing the parish, encouraging the people to step forward and fill the shoes of leadership in the parish to keep it going. Mm. Do you know more about that? Yeah, he, um, he is not the only one in Austria. There are, uh, meanwhile, there are four parishes where people are preparing themselves and are trained to take over the different um, skills and, and jobs and, and um, tasks, tasks mm. they need uh, to, uh, to lead a parish. And uh, they, are, they are trained, getting trained, and then they will go to their bishop and ask, please, and the, and the priest of the parish will ask the bishop, please ordain this people for that parish for some time. Not for the whole life and not for the whole world, but for that parish and for some time. And um, of course, we all um, think no bishop will do that. But if we ask Helmut, and what will you do? Will you do then? And what will the people do then? He always smiles a little and says, "Oh, we will uh, think about that afterwards." <laughs> 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 and and the, the people, of course, the people know. Uh, the people who are now uh, getting who are getting trained, they know, of course, they have to have a, a big um, tolerance and frustration. Uh, but but I am I'm very sure they are thinking about uh, doing what they want, even if the bishop says no. But they they do not tell openly, of course, and they are well, clever. There really is <laughs> but, no alternative for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, there are um, four in Austria, and I think in in Germany some parishes will start. So it depends on the on the priests. Uh, the, uh, it should be the initiators of that should be the priests, and there are quite a lot of priests around who who know that's uh, important to do that. So 
we will hope that will go on. I think as a result of this Amazonian Synod that um, married priesthood is looks like it's around the corner. Again, the church hierarchy is backed into it because there are simply no priests to bring the Eucharist to the people. So they're, they're moving toward already married men being accepted into the priesthood to avoid the problem of priests dating and all of that sort of thing. But it does not address one of your other concerns and mine, and that's optional celibacy in the priesthood. That I don't see anything move me, moving in that direction or anything about to happen there. Do you? Yeah. I'm quite sure the um, obligate, uh, obligatory uh, celibacy will fall. Uh, the more uh, married priests we will have, the more you need arguments for obligatory celibacy and they do not have it. They are still not here, they, these arguments. So, um, Maybe it will uh, it will last again uh, hundred years or so, but it will fall, I'm sure. Martha and Holy Gert Kaiser, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is with us as the Holy Spirit is with us today. Martha and Gert Heiser, thank you so much for being on our show. I encourage you to continue your work. We support you. We love you. Don't stop. <laughs> Thank you. We will not Thank stop. Thank you ever no. so much. Never, never, never. <laughs> Thank you. And all the best to you and for your work.